Hey friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, that sound can only mean one thing. It is our 100th episode celebration, and I am so excited to celebrate with you here with me this week. Now, before I jump into our episode today, I want to start off by saying thank you. Thank you to everybody that has listened to this show. I promise I'm not going to (laughs) cry. It means so much to me that each week I see the downloads and the DMs and the messages and the comments and the reviews telling me how much you love this show and how much it means to you, that you're spending your drive time with me, that you are listening to me while you work out, or that you're listening to me while you do chores around the house. And just the fact that I get to be a part of your day is huge. It means so much to me because the idea of this podcast was such a huge scary thing when I started it. I honestly did not know if anybody would even listen to the show. I didn't know if anybody would care what I had to say. And so seeing the response that the show has had in the last 99 episodes has been amazing. It is truly one of the best parts about my business. There are so many aspects of my business that I really love, but There's something really unique and magical about this podcast that I never would have ever imagined it could turn into. And I am so excited and hopeful for what the future of the Girl Means Business podcast holds. And I know that those of you listening that have listened to all 99, now 100 episodes, or that have jumped in and have been binge listening to episodes that you love or that resonate with you, I just cannot thank you enough. And I am so excited for the tribe we have created around the Girl Means Business podcast. I want to meet all of you. I wish I could personally thank each and every one of you, but this is my way of saying thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait to have another 100 episodes here with you. All right. So when I started planning out how I wanted this episode to look, I had a lot of different ideas and some of them were a little more complex than I had time or capability for. But I decided to take two of my top episodes and combine them. So the first part of this episode is going to be me sharing some of the things that I have learned in the first 100 episodes of this podcast. This is things I have learned in business, in podcasting, and a little bit in life. And so I'm going to kind of pull the curtain back and share some of those things with you. And then the second part is I've done recap episodes every Christmas at the end of every year where I share the top episodes from that year based on the shows that you have downloaded as listeners. What I want to do today is I want to share with you some of my personal favorite episodes, things that are important to me, things that have stood out as milestone moments for me. And this is not necessarily based on how many downloads these episodes have received, but it's just moments in time that hold a special place in my heart for this show. So we're going to start off with the things I've learned from the last 100 episodes of podcasting. And then at the end, I want to share with you some of my favorite moments from the podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. So let's jump into lesson learned number one, which is imperfect action. Just get started. When I first had the idea for the podcast, I had all these ideas of like, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to do it. 
but I had no actual knowledge of how to start a podcast. I didn't know what hosting sites to use. I didn't know how you take your audio and get it out into the world. So my first episode was recorded on my iPhone in the voice memo notes. And I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew I wanted to get started because I have learned that the times in my business, when I wait until everything is perfect, I end up feeling like I've started too late. And so I've learned that just jumping in and starting and learning as I go is the best way to do it. Which leads me to lesson number two, don't be afraid to adjust or make changes. When I first started the podcast, I sort of had a vision for what I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to look and sound and feel like. But over the last two years, it has really evolved and changed to become more of what I feel like it's needed. It's not always about like what I want it to look like, but a lot of it's been about the feedback I get from you as a listener that has allowed me to create a show that is going to offer you value. The show has never been about me. It's been about what can I offer to you as a listener that's going to help you grow your business. And so if you look at a lot of really successful brands, they do the same thing. They don't start off looking or feeling or sounding like what they do now. They have grown, they have evolved, they have changed, they have made improvements, they have made mistakes, and that's okay. So in your business, don't be afraid to try something new, see if it works, and then change it up if you need to. There's all this fear around what are people going to think? What are my followers or my listeners going to think if I change this or if I do this? And the reality is most of the time they're either A, not going to notice or B, not going to care because your brand is expected to evolve and change. So don't feel like that you have to be perfect on day one or that you have to have it all figured out and looking exactly the way it should look on day one, because you're going to change no matter what. Even if you feel like you have it figured out on day one, I guarantee you it's going to change at some point. The lesson number three is don't try to be perfect all the time. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's what got me started in the idea of creating my own podcast. And when I was listening to these podcasts, there were certain things about them that would stand out as either things that I loved or things that I did not enjoy. And one thing in particular that I did not enjoy were the episodes in the podcast that felt super scripted, like somebody was reading an audiobook as opposed to having a conversation. And the episodes of the shows that I loved were the ones that felt relaxed and natural. There were errors and mistakes and stumbles over words. And not that it was super unpolished, but that it felt real. And I knew that that was the feel I wanted my show to have. Now, some people like the polished, perfect audiobook recording feel, and that's fine. You can go for that. But because I wanted this podcast to be something that was relatable, something that felt like having a conversation with your friend, I didn't want to spend a ton of time editing my show to take out ums and pauses and places where I've stumbled over things that I want to say. And so for that reason, I have embraced the fact that my shows are not perfect and that's okay. And some of you listening, that might drive you nuts. And if it does, I apologize that this is not maybe a show for you. But for the most part, I think people have really embraced the fact that I am not perfect, and I don't claim to ever be perfect. In fact, 
right before I hit record, I started off the intro to this about four different times because I kept stumbling over my words to the point that it was not even usable. And that's okay. So anytime you're jumping into a new project or a new business or a new idea, we have this idea in our head that it has to be perfect, that it has to be perfectly polished or people aren't going to want it. That was a lot of P's in one phrase. And that's just not true. I think if anything, social media has taught us that people want real. They don't want this fabricated version of real that is not obtainable. And so when you're going into whatever new venture you're going into, whether it is a podcast or a blog or social media content or whatever you're doing, launching a new product, if you spend, if you find that you're spending too much time trying to make it perfect and trying to make sure there are zero flaws and zero errors, you're never going to get the thing going. So imperfect action, which is what I started this off with, is so important. It doesn't have to be polished and perfect. It just has to be out there into the world. And the great thing about this is most things are editable. Most things can be changed afterwards, and it's not a big deal. Lesson four is that you don't need a ton of fancy equipment. This is not just for podcasting, but for business in general. In fact, I have a whole blog post that I've done around like what you really need to start a business. And most of the time, it's not anything that costs a ton of money. When I first started my photography business, I had a cheap DSLR camera that I don't even think Canon makes or sells anymore, and maybe two or three memory cards. And that was it. And I was able to build my business up to the point where I could start to afford nicer cameras and more equipment. But even to this day, when I was shooting weddings, I never had a ton of equipment. I was not the photographer that would roll in with like three you know, Pelican cases full of gear. I just, I'm simple that way. I don't like a ton of stuff. And I don't think you need a ton of stuff in order to build a successful business. With this podcast, it literally started with my iPhone, a pair of headphones, and that was it. I recorded my first episode on the voice recording section of my iPhone and then figured it out from there. And yes, I need my computer and I use GarageBand and now I have different software that I use to upload and edit and all those things. But in the beginning, it was literally me and a microphone and my computer. And that was all. And while now I'm able to hire an editor and a marketing person and I have a little bit nicer computer and a little bit nicer microphone, I still essentially could run this entire podcast with those same items, the, the microphone and my laptop. And that's all I need. And so the idea that you need all of this fancy equipment to get started just isn't realistic. You can start with whatever you have available to you with a very little investment. And that's not just podcasting, it's business in general. All right, number five lesson I've learned is organization is key. Guys, I am not an organized person by nature. That's just not how my brain and body function. While I absolutely love the idea of organization. And I love things like the home edit and the container store. And I follow so many different accounts on Instagram with, with organization tips that it's just, it's almost an obsession. I cannot seem to keep myself organized. And so I require different systems in place and programs to help me with that. And one in particular I use is Asana. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, I talk about this in a couple of different episodes. In fact, earlier this year, I talked about it in the business tools episode. 
I love Asana. It's free. And the way that it's laid out, it just works visually with how my brain works. And that is how I'm able to keep track of all the things that go on in my business, but specifically for this podcast. Every episode gets its own you know, card within Asana where I can keep track of the, the topic, the content, the outline, how I'm repurposing the content, the links I would need, you know, images and graphics and interview conversations or interview topics, all these things I can keep in one place. So I'm not having to dig through different emails and everything goes into Asana. And if it wasn't for that, I feel like that this podcast and primarily my business in general would not run as well as it has. So learning how to stay organized, putting systems in place that are going to help you to move your business forward are going to be really, really key. And the number six I just mentioned is repurposing your core content. So for me, this podcast is my core content. This is the content that I spend the most time on. This is the content that is the core of my business. Everything else kind of comes off of these episodes. So while I record the episode, it's going to go out on a certain date. I will then take pieces of information from those episodes and I will repurpose them, whether it is transcribing them for a blog post or taking a a phrase or a quote or a section of a podcast and turning it into a social media post or putting it in an email. I'm finding different ways to repurpose content so I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time I need to put new content out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Number seven is that it takes time to build something. You know, when I had the idea for this podcast, I did not have a whole lot of expectations for it. I thought, okay, this is something I'll try. And if it takes off and it works, that's great. If not, it's fine too. I don't know how many people are going to listen. I don't know if anyone's going to care that I have anything to say. Who am I going to talk to when I do interviews? I had all these thoughts. And so I didn't have a ton of expectations. But as I went into it and it started to grow and it started to build and I started feeling this momentum behind it, I would find myself getting really excited about the momentum and then it would level off and I would get really frustrated and I would get frustrated that it was not growing as fast as I thought that it should be growing. But the reality is that things take time. Rome was not built in a day and neither will you be your business. And this podcast is the same way. It has these highs, these lows, and these spikes and these dips and, and it's okay, but the consistency is there. My 
podcast is consistently growing. My business is consistently growing. And so I've learned that while it may not have this giant peak that I wish it would have, or that we see other people supposedly having, the key is consistency. Because even if you have a spike and then it drops off, you're right back where you started. But if you have this consistent uptick where your audience is growing, your business is growing, that is a stronger foundation than this giant peak of people starting to follow you and then dropping off for whatever reason. All right, lesson eight is that you are in control of your business. For me, with this podcast, I learned early on that I knew I wanted this show to be a hybrid show, meaning that I was not going to be talking at you by myself in every single episode. I wanted you to have advice and tips from experts who knew way more about different topics than I ever could. And I wanted you to have a plethora, a well-rounded version of how to build a business from different angles and viewpoints and perspectives. But with that came the idea that not every interview was going to be an interview worthy of the podcast. Now, this has only happened maybe once or twice, but it was a lesson that I learned in control, a lesson in the fact that just because somebody has come on to do an interview for the podcast, if I get into that conversation and I feel like that this person is here for the wrong reasons, or this person is just here to promote and sell and not provide value that it's okay for me to say, I don't feel like this is a good fit because as the curator of the content that goes out into these episodes, I am not going to put out an episode that does not give you value. And same thing applies within your business. You have creative control of your business. So even if you have people that are working for you or working with you or partnerships you have with other businesses or brands, you have to be in control of what you're putting out to the world because that content is representative of the brand that you have built and the connections you've made with your audience. And so make sure that you are protective of that content and don't be afraid to let somebody know like, hey, I just don't know that this is a great fit or maybe we can go in a different direction or maybe we need to re-record this or repackage this in a different way. All right, number nine, brings us to focus on what you do best. This is one of my favorite parts of business. And it's a place I think that every business owner hopes to get to, which is to the point in your business where you can do the things that only you can do and everything else you can outsource. Now I'm not outsourcing a ton of things in my business right now, partly because I'm a little bit of a control freak, but I have gotten to the point where with the podcast, I now outsource my editing my marketing, the the graphics, all those things. And it has allowed me to really focus more on the content, which is the part that I feel like is my bread and butter. It's what I enjoy doing the most. I don't enjoy editing episodes. I don't enjoy piecing together the different pieces of content. I don't enjoy graphics, those kinds of things. So being able to send that out to somebody else has been a lifesaver. And I know that outsourcing can be intimidating creating a team around your brand can feel like you're giving up control and part of your baby that you've created. But when you get to a point in your business where you're able to do the things that only you can do, that's when you're going to start to see success. And that's when you're going to start to see things really take off. And the 10th lesson learned in a hundred episodes of podcasting is give value every chance that you can. This is such a key part of podcasting and business in general is that you have to provide value. 
These days, people are given so many different options when it comes to podcasts and websites and social media accounts to follow that if you're not providing them with valuable content, with something that they can take away, that they can walk away from with and go implement in their life or their business, then they're going to keep moving on. And so whatever that looks like in your business, the more value you can give, the better off your business will be. All right. So those were 10 lessons I've learned from the first 100 episodes of this podcast. Now I want to share with you some of my favorite moments from the Girl Means Business podcast over the last 100 weeks. As I mentioned earlier, these are not based on downloads or listener requests or any of those things. These are solely based on episodes that have a personal connection to me and this podcast. And so we're going to kick things off, taking it all the way back to the beginning with episode one. I'm not going to lie. This is a little bit embarrassing because when I went back through the earlier episodes to choose the ones I wanted to share, I knew episode one was going to be part of this show because if it weren't for episode one, episode 100 would not be here. However, going back and listening, I'm just like cringing at the quality and the comp, I don't know. It just all together, it feels very cringeworthy, but it's my story. It's my journey. It is the story of how I got to where I am at that point in my path that led me to starting a podcast. So here is a little clip from episode one. And of course, if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can scroll all the way back in your podcast feed to episode one, my story. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Girl Means Business podcast. That is so exciting to say. I have been thinking about this podcast for such a long time that it is so exciting to finally see it come to life. So I thought we would kick things off with this first episode, and I'm going to share with you my story. Uh, Some of you listening may already know me. Some of you may not, but I want to share with you how I got to where I am today the crazy way that life sort of fell into place when I least expected it and why I've decided to share everything I've learned with you here on this podcast. So I want to take you back a few years to when the idea of starting a business all began. You see, growing up, my plan for my life was to be a teacher. That was it. I was going to be in the classroom teaching for 30 to 40 years, loving every minute of it. So I got my degree in elementary education and right out of college, I got a job teaching second grade at an elementary school. And I did for the first few years, I loved it. But then something happened around five or six years in, the excitement sort of faded. I wasn't in love with it as much as I thought I would be. And it just didn't fulfill me the way that I had envisioned it fulfilling me on a day-to-day basis. So I started looking for other things to do. And at the time, my husband and I were dating And he had all these hobbies. He was constantly going hunting and fishing and playing sports and doing something. And I remember sitting down at dinner with him one night and just saying, I don't have a hobby. You have all these hobbies and I want something that's just for me. So he started asking me questions about what kinds of things do you like to do? And that's when photography immediately popped into my brain. You see, when I was growing up, Besides wanting to be a teacher, I also loved taking pictures. I constantly had a camera with me at all times, probably to the annoyance of all my family and friends, but I wanted to document everything that we did 
and my room was covered with Polaroids and snapshots of my friends and I. And even in college, for fun, I took a photography course as an elective. So when I started thinking about hobbies and things that I would want to do, photography was the first thing that came to mind. So that Christmas, my husband bought me my first DSLR camera. It was a Canon Rebel. And I was so excited. And I remember thinking, okay, well, I've always shot on a film camera. This is digital. So I'm going to have a lot to learn. And even though I knew some of the basics of photography, it felt brand new, which was really exciting because I was able to immerse myself in this world that I didn't even know existed, honestly, and learn something and become a student again. So all day I'm at school teaching others. And then I got to go home at night open up my laptop and become the student again and learn all of this amazing information. Oh my goodness. Listening to that clip brings back so many memories of sitting on the floor of my closet for hours, trying to get that episode recorded, trying to figure out how I wanted it to sound. And I can still remember how nervous I was just talking into that microphone and trying everything I could to make it sound as best as I could. And it's a good reminder that if we all scroll back into the very beginning of our business, we all start in the same place, which is the beginning. So episode one is definitely on my list of highlights for this podcast. All right. The second episode I want to share with you is another personal episode. And it's episode 18, where I interview my husband, Derek, on the show to talk about my business from his perspective. Now, the reason that this conversation and this episode is so important to me is because I have struggled a little bit with the idea of how much of my personal life do I share in my business? You know, my husband is a very private person. He doesn't like to be in the limelight. He's so opposite from me. It's not even funny. And so the idea of bringing him into this was a little bit scary for me because I never really quite know what he's going to say or what he's going to do. And while I know he supports me a hundred percent, the starting of this episode recording started off a little rocky. We had actually had a disagreement right before we recorded. I was not feeling a hundred percent like this was going to go well. And I almost didn't hit record. And when I finally did, I thought, you know what? No, this is our life. This is who we are. This is our marriage. This is our story. And it's not going to look like anybody else's. It's not going to look like the couples who spend their whole lives in front of the camera together. That's not how our marriage works. And that's okay. And so we went into it. It ended up being a really great episode. I think a lot of people were able to learn from it. And they really felt like they connected with it because of the fact that he was honest. And he was he was he didn't hold back in the fact that He didn't always 100% get on board with the ideas that he had, but that they've all worked out in one way or another. So I will stop rambling on about it. And I will let you listen to a quick clip from episode 18, my interview with my husband. Hi, babe. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I know this is probably not your uh, ideal evening sitting here chatting with strangers you don't know on the internet. True. (laughs) Um, you are going to have to give more than one word answers, though. That's not how this works. If I pause between O and K, does that count as two words? No. Mm. And um, just know that I have control over the editing power of this mm. show, so mm-hmm. I can edit you to look however I'd like you to. Great. Yeah. 
Okay, so the reason I was going to have you on here was that I get a lot of questions from other entrepreneurs that talk about their spouses, their significant others, their loved ones who are not always 100% on board with their business, that are struggling to feel supported by their spouse. And so I thought that it would be, instead of me talking to people about my side of our relationship, I thought I would have you on and we could both talk about how we have gone through this together. I can give you the male perspective. That's that's why I'm scared. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So um, we are one week away from our nine-year anniversary. Yep. Happy early anniversary. Thanks for reminding me. Are you buying me something nice? I'm making a note of it now, yes. Okay, Okay, good. Um, That's why I did this, Mm -hmm. to give you a heads up. Good. Um, For seven of those nine years, I have been working on starting a business, which is a long time. Yeah. Considering nine years is a long time. So going back to when this all started, did you ever think that this would be anything more than just kind of a crazy hobby, like random on the side, take pictures. I didn't really think that it would be more than just a hobby. Um, I thought maybe I was the only one that got really into things. And uh, when I really get into things, it lasts about three months. So I, I didn't think that this was a, you know, anything more than that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passions, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. Yeah, I actually think that at one point you said to me something along the lines of, we'll, we'll see if you find something else to, you know, to take its place. Like, I yeah. think uh, you were kind of putting. 
I thought you were gonna find another shiny penny probably and uh you know pick up something else. Yeah. So. Well, little did you know that this is actually all your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of like your hobbies, I remember we had that conversation about how I was a little bit jealous of all the hobbies you had mm-hmm. because you were hunting and fishing. And I think you were probably like playing basketball on the street and randomly with people. True. And doing all kinds of other stuff fun. Yeah. yeah. And I had no hobbies. And so you suggested, well, hey, you like taking pictures. What about that? And then you bought me my first DSLR camera. Yeah. So how do you feel about it now, knowing that you're kind of to blame for all this? Well, I think, um, you know, it's all worked out well. I think there's been, uh, you know, rough patches starting businesses. Uh, but but I think everything's everything's good and well, you know, and I've admit that I was wrong, that maybe this was just a hobby. <laughs> wait, wait, we have that on record. Say no. that, can you say it one well, more time, I'll, a little slower? No, you can edit that out, right? <laughs> I would like it to go on record that he did say he was wrong, and I do have it on recording, so I will forever have that in my back pocket if I need it. But yes, this episode will forever be one of my favorites for my Enneagram 5 husband, who does not like to be on the microphone, who does not like to be on the spotlight, who does not even really have social media. It took a lot for him to come onto my show, have these conversations, and to open up a little bit more than he is uh, is probably comfortable with. So thank you very much to him for doing that and for all the support he's given me over the last several years as I grow and build these two businesses. Okay, the next episode I want to share with you is going to seem like a strange one, but let me hear me out a little bit. It's episode 38, five tips for net more natural engagement on Instagram. Now, the reason I chose this episode is because this was the episode where I remember thinking, I finally have found my groove. This was when I started to feel like I was almost a year into podcasting and I was starting to sort of see some momentum behind my episodes. And I had been creating content and creating episodes sort of just off the cuff. I was coming up with topics when they popped into my mind. I was taking interview requests or and reaching out to people to do interviews, just kind of whoever I could find. And I had been very fortunate to find some really amazing guests to have on the show. But this episode was one that I had really taken time to do some sort of market research on. It's when I really started listening to what my audience wanted. I was starting to look at the data of what content are they responding to the most? What topics and questions are they asking me about the most? And I knew that this episode was going to give my audience the content they really wanted. And it showed in the response that I got. So it was because of this episode, I started to really feel like the podcast was taking off. It was the episode where I felt like I was finally starting to get my footing and figure out how this podcast was going to work and the value add I was going to give to my listeners. So that is why this episode will always kind of resonate with me as the turning point in this podcast when I rounded the corner of just sort of feeling like I was hodgepodging things together. And when the podcast started to feel like it was an actual business that was taking off. So let's take a listen to a little clip from episode 38. So you have five tips for us to help get more natural engagement and exposure on Instagram. I know you mentioned there's some changes in Instagram. 
And Mm -hmm. so let's dive into those five tips. Awesome. I love those. These tips are so exciting to me. I know some people, they're a little source of like fear and frustration, but for me, it's like, how can I get into the system and break it? So no, I love I it. Let's, like. We can geek out over it together. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. So one of the first things that um, I was taught and it's worked like perfectly, it doesn't matter what the algorithm is, doesn't matter what changes they make, consistency. And I know that that's a hard one for a lot of people. Um, you have to choose a plan, which whether it's every day, once a week, uh, three times a week, ideally three to five times a week, you need to show up consistently. Your posts should be posting. That's it. No excuses, nothing. So if we're consistent, then um, Instagram starts to realize this person's here to bring people to our platform. And then they start to like notice like, okay, people are engaging with this person. And then the algorithm does start to favor you. Not only that, but it's that age old, I mean, marketing ever since what we watched Mad Men, it was in the sixties. You have to be in people's faces six to eight times before they even stop to say, wait a minute, what is this person about? Um, so we really want to be as consistent as possible for me. That's once a day. Um, every once in a while I take off a day if, you know, I'm not feeling it. And we all should, if you need a break from Instagram, do it, give yourself peace of mind. But generally speaking, at least once a day, we don't have to do more. Um, and also the time of day no longer matters. Instagram has released, um, something saying that, uh, even though they'll tell you on insights, when people engage with you the most, it doesn't matter the time of day doesn't matter. It goes in and it doesn't um, have anything to do with when people see your posts. So don't worry about when you're posting. If it's like 11 PM and you're like, dang it, I was supposed to post today. You know what? Post at 11 PM and post um, for tomorrow's too, if you have to just get it done once a day, get that practice in. Um, So let me ask you real quick on the consistency. Yeah. Does that apply as well to stories? Because I know for me personally, when I open my Instagram the first thing I do before I scroll through the feed is I go through my stories. So does that need to be consistent too? Or can that be a little more sort of whenever it fits what's going on behind your, behind the scenes on your brand? Yes. Actually, you skipped ahead to a different tip. So let's oh. go on that one now. You are okay. such an Instagram nerd with me that you're already <laughs> thinking ahead and I love it. I told okay, you we're so going to geek out together. We're going to go into this. Okay. So when it comes to stories, um, consistency is also extremely important and you want to engage even more often. You really want to be on there three to five times a day. Now, um, the cool thing is, is Facebook just released the fact that their content creator that works for Facebook um, now works for Instagram. The reason that's important is because a lot of people want to use planning for stories and for their feed through plan, planally, later. And those are all awesome, tailwind, except now Instagram is going to stop partnering with them and going to be, I don't want to say penalizing, but in a way it's like penalizing you on your algorithm and, your, and, be, and being able to show up even for the people who want to see you by using those third-party apps. So my point being that you don't have to be constantly pulling your phone out to show what you ate and show what your kids are doing if you don't want to. You can pre-plan your stories to come out throughout the day as well on Content Creator, but you want to make sure that they are coming out several times a day. And the biggest tip I once learned was when you, someone opens their Instagram, because people open their Instagram like 50 times a day sometimes. When someone opens their Instagram, you want your circle to be one of the first two or three circles they see every single time they open. The only way to do that is to post different times throughout the day. And all of this posting, whether it's on your feed or on your stories, should be strategic. So you should be at the end of the day, 
having a plan behind that, whether that's nurturing people to get to know you, whether that's selling something that you just released, there should always be some kind of um, purpose to your posting. And some of it, yes, the food, yes, the new shoes you bought, yes, your kid making a mess in the kitchen. Those are all part of your life. So it's okay to share those and be there and laugh and get people to laugh with you or be excited about your shoes. Um, But consistency all over the entire platform is important. One of the things I love about listening back to this episode is the fact that even though this was recorded, I guess, what, almost a year and a half ago, it still is a valuable tip today. And again, going back to the reason I chose this episode is this was the point in the podcast when I really started to feel like. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. The value and the content that my guests and I were sharing was starting to resonate with my listeners. So hopefully if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and take a listen to it. It's definitely one that gives lots and lots of great value. All right. Up next is episode 65, Work-Life Harmony with Ali Kazaza. Now, this episode stands out for a couple of reasons. One, because I was so excited to have Allie on the show. She is someone that I followed on social media. She is an incredible woman and business owner. And I was just completely stoked to have her on. I was nervous. I was excited, all the things. But more importantly, I learned a really valuable lesson from this episode. I had a great time with the podcast interview. I uploaded the episode. The problem is I had a lot of hopes writing on this one episode. I had this feeling that having Allie on the show was going to rocket launch my podcast into a whole nother level because of the amount of exposure that she has with her audience and her social media presence. So I was putting all of my eggs into her basket, hoping that she would help me to boost my podcast to a whole new audience. And while having big guests on your show can do that, the lesson I learned is that one episode, one interview, one conversation was not going to be what skyrocketed my podcast to the next level. It requires consistency because as much as Allie is amazing and she's been a huge supporter of my show and she's always shared episodes with her audience, that one thing is not going to be what my business relies on. And I think that as business owners, we keep hoping for that one big shot, that moment when we have a post go viral, that moment when we have one big order or we have one big success. And while those can help us to move our business forward, if we rely on them too much, they're always going to fall short. And so this episode serves as that reminder to me that it's not about who I have on. It's about the consistency that I provide. It's about putting out valuable content and valuable information each and every week, no matter the topic, no matter the guest. 
I could have the biggest, greatest guest on, and that one episode may be really great, but it's not going to be the foundation that my podcast and my business sits on. So for those of you listening, the lesson to take away here is that if you're waiting for that one big break, you might be waiting a while. And that one big break might disappoint you because I've had content go viral. I have had, you know, guests on this show that have had massive followings. And while they've all done their part to help push my business forward, I have to carry the bulk of the load. And so this episode serves as that reminder for me. And again, it's just a really great episode. Allie's great. I love her. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this. If you have not listened to episode 65 yet, listen to this clip, finish this episode, and then go listen to her episode next. So here's a little clip of my conversation with Allie Kazaza. Create this. And yes, like that's true. If you work in a space where for you, it makes sense to sit into it, sit in an office with lots of natural light and beautiful wall decorations and a comfy chair and your desktop. And that's where you create. That's awesome. And I have tried to do that for myself and it just isn't where I feel creative. Like I don't sit in this office space and feel like this is where I'm going to create magic. It's when I'm out going for a walk and I'm listening to something and I'll hit the voice memo on my phone and record what comes to my mind Or it's when I'm, like you said, out in the backyard and listening to the radio with my kids playing in the pool or whatever, and an idea hits me and it just kind of comes to you. You know, you always hear about like musicians who they'll say like the song just came to me and I had to get my phone out and like mid conversation, I started making like uh, writing out lyrics. I'm like, that's what we need to be paying attention to, not forcing ourselves to sit down from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and those are creative hours. I mean, I have four kids and I homeschool my kids. They're like, it's literally (laughs) bless me for sure. But like, I have all this stuff going on and I have never been like, this is my time to create. And I'm going to, this is my office hours. Like I do have times of a day where I am available to my team as a boundary, not as a stiff box for me. I have literally never in the last like maybe three and a half years, because I did do this in the beginning of my business and learned my lesson, but I have never like sat down and like created content. It's, I have a waterproof notepad in my shower because that's where all ideas happen when you're naked and wet in the shower, apparently. And I have my voice memo notes just full, uh, full of ideas all the time. I'm my, I'm like famous in my family for like getting out of the pool and like leaning over a journal, soaking wet and like (laughs) writing something down or leaving dinner to like go in the bathroom and be like, what if we launched this new, like into my phone in the bathroom stall, like a creep (laughs) because the ideas come like when you're living life. And so I think we've got to get out of these boxes. Think about the greats, like whoever is great to you, you know, Steve Jobs with Apple, um, people that have founded massive movements, things that change the world. They were weird. Like they didn't do this all the time. They were like creative and wild and they were in touch with themselves. So I think we as women, we're busy, we're moms, like we've got a lot going on, but that's, that's more of a reason to push and to be open to anytime ideas, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's one huge thing for me is working from a place of ease and flow and really enjoying my business. And you know what? If you are launching something and you are not enjoying it, it's okay to change the date. You're the freaking boss. Yeah. Like, don't, don't do it. Push don't it to lock next year and see in. how you feel. Yeah. Like money will come in other ways. If you're open to it, it will come. 
but like, don't do something just because you said you were going to do it. And like you announced it, like pull it. Do you know how many times I've said, I'm going to make a course about something and I start to do it. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't care about this. <laughs> like, this is not, this is not the piece of what I do that I want to focus on right now. And I yeah. cancel it. I don't care. I'll refund everybody. If I pre-sold it, I don't care. Well, and I think um, that that's that something that people respect too, because, you know, women understand like in life, like how many times have you said to your kid, like, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and then plans change and you have to change the plan and you have to roll the punches. And yet we don't allow ourselves to do that in our business because we feel like we're accountable. Or that somebody's going to get mad at us or that we're going to get in trouble by who knows the entrepreneur gods. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, totally. It's silly. It's silly for sure. And it's so limiting. And my big thing in my business is abundance. Like I want abundance in my business in revenue and ideas in creating jobs and giving money away. Like in the way it makes my family feel, I want abundance, abundance, abundance. And that idea of like, you have to have work hours and sit at your computer and create your content. Every first Wednesday of the month, I create Instagram content. Like it's just, it's so limiting. Like that's so lack. So if you're doing lack things, you're not going to get abundance. So I create my content while I'm living life. And then, yeah, sure. Maybe once a month I will sit down and actually format it into an Instagram caption but I didn't sit there and force myself and create it. Like I, you create while you're driving and while you're living. Oh yeah, absolutely. It is so fun to go back and listen to these episodes, especially the older ones, because I've forgotten a lot of the things that we talked about. So going through and finding different clips to pull and it's just been a huge reminder of just how fortunate I am to have these conversations with these amazing women and the lessons that I have learned from talking to each and every one of them. Okay, so this brings me to our last clip for today's episode, and it is a best of episode. This is something I have started doing at the end of every calendar year. So I have one for 2019 and I have one for 2020, and it's where I share the best episodes from that year based on the episodes that you listeners have downloaded the most or the ones I have received the most comments or questions about. And so those are the episodes where I get to go back and really have fun reliving some of the top episodes from that year. This episode has been a little mini version of that, but it's a little different when I have a whole episode of those clips. So this is my last clip for today is a clip from this past year's episode 92, the best of 2020. And if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can obviously go back and listen to episode 92, but it's a fun way for listeners who are new to the show to also kind of get a overarching view of what the show is like and the different types of episodes they can expect. It's interesting too, because when I was trying to come up with an idea for this hundredth episode, I was talking to my podcast manager and I asked her like, give me some ideas. What are your suggestions? Do you have anything fun you've seen other, you know, podcasters do? And she said, she goes, you know, I love your recap episodes. She goes, I think that's genius. I, she goes, we work with a lot of podcasters and I've never seen anybody do a show like that. And that was interesting to me because it really never occurred to me whether anyone else was doing these episodes. And that's another lesson I have when it comes to podcasting is when you stop spending so much time focusing on what everybody else is doing, it opens up these doors for you to do things that maybe not many other people are doing, that it's going to stand out a little more. And so I think that's what these recap episodes are doing for my podcast as well. So All right, here is our last clip, episode 92, the best of 2020. 
I am really excited for this week's episode. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year. where We get to look back on some of our top episodes for the year, whether they are interviews, episodes that you really loved. I go back through all of the episodes for the year. I look at downloads and I go through feedback on what episodes I got the most interaction from on social media and in my inbox and DMs and all those things. And I've compiled a list of 10 episodes that are the perfect binge-worthy episodes. So if you are new to the Girl Means Business podcast, this is a perfect place to start to get you on your path for binging all of the best of 2020's interviews, topics, ideas, and conversations. If you've been a longtime listener, this might be a fun refresh for episodes that you want to go back and listen to again or that you enjoyed and want to go back and take some notes on. So this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole year, and I'm so excited to dive right in. So these episodes are in no particular order. I have not ranked them from 1 to 10 or 10 to 1. They are just 10 of the best episodes from the year. And the first one was a solo episode I did recently, episode 75, all about hashtags, knowing when to use hashtags, how to find the best hashtags for your social media which platforms work best for using hashtags. And I share a little behind the scenes story of a hashtag success I had this year on my Paisley Lane photography account on Instagram. So let's listen into a little clip from episode 75, how to use hashtags to grow your following. So I want to kind of break down in this episode, some of the things I've been doing with hashtags in the last couple of years that I've seen success from. But before I jump into those five things, I want to make sure that you understand how hashtags are being used. Because if you're not using them, you're probably not fully aware of the purpose and the value that they hold. So let me give you a little analogy. Hashtags are similar to pulling out a file cabinet drawer and having a ton of tabs all with different words on them. And when you open each folder, you have content that is related to that particular word. So if you pull out a file folder that is labeled summer, everything inside that file folder has to do with summer. If you pull out a file folder that is labeled 2020, everything inside that folder is related to 2020. That's the same thing with hashtags. When you go into Instagram and you type in a word, you type in summer, all you're going to see is it's going to, it's going to pull up all of this content that's utilizing that hashtag and that term. So it's a way for Instagram to catalog all the content on its platform. It's a quick and easy way for you to find things that are relevant to your hashtag relevant to your topic, relevant to your business, relevant to things that your ideal client are interested in. Those recap episodes are always some of my favorites of the year. And like I said, it's a really great way to get sort of a snapshot of what the Girl Means Business podcast is all about. All right, guys. So that's it. That's a wrap on our 100th episode of the Girl Means Business podcast. That is such a fun thing to say. And like I said at the beginning, guys, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you that are listening today. 
or anyone that has ever listened to an episode of this podcast, because it's because of you that I get to keep doing this every single week. It's because of you that I get to do one of the greatest jobs I've ever had. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening, for downloading, for leaving reviews, for following me on social media, for sending me messages and emails and DMs and all of the things, all the ways that you have supported the show. It means so much to me. And I cannot wait to give you another hundred fabulous episodes. So thank you for being here this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And I cannot wait to see you back here next week. Same time, same place.